life in programmatic digital out of home. Brought to you by JC Deco. Bringing together the greatest minds, discussing the latest trends, and uncovering what life in programmatic digital out of home is all about. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of the Life in Programmatic Digital Out of Home podcast. My name is Philippa Evans, and I am the Associate Director of Programmatic here at JC Deco UK. And I am delighted to be joined today by none other than Hannah Scott. Hannah is the Vice President of Client Services at Scooter, one of our longest standing DSP partners. Hannah, welcome. How are you? Hi, Philippa. Very good, thanks. How are you? I am great. All righty. Um, let's dive right in. So I've already mentioned that Scooter is one of our longest standing DSP partners. They have been with us since the very beginning of our journey with Programmatic Digital Out of Home. For you personally, though, how did you get involved in Programmatic Digital Out of Home? And how would you say your early experiences compare with the way you work and see the industry today? Uh, yes, yeah, so it's a really good question. Um, for those who, who may not know who we are at Scooter and what we do, we're a cross-channel uh, BSP. We come from that display background. So for us, approaching teams within sort of agencies and clients, um, it was very difficult to pin down the most appropriate people to speak to um, who were going to be able to jump into that programmatic out of home space. Because obviously on their side, they're looking at it as like, oh, it's programmatic. So can it sit with our programmatic display teams? But it's out of home. So should it sit with our out of, out of home teams and our specialists there? Um, and that was always a sort of a bit of a conversation blocker that we we would come up against. Um, and I think now that's that's pretty much disappeared. Um most agencies we speak to are very happy to look at that cross-channel approach. Uh, sometimes it starts as a cross-channel conversation and it moves purely into the programmatic out of home just because it then aligns better with what the client's after. Um, but I think, yeah, that was a, another big sort of concern for us initially um, and something that that we no longer come up against as a, as a problem. It has changed vastly in the last five years, so it is great to see. Um, with that in mind... What would you say are the three biggest things that have shaped positive change in the in the pro- programmatic digital out of home industry in the past five years? And maybe elaborate on the, the whys, why you think those three things are the best? Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, probably the biggest one is the the cross channel adoption. Um, I mean, perhaps I'm, I'm biased with that uh, because that sort of sits with our within our remit. Um, but I think that cross channel adoption has really opened uh, more doors. It's exposed. Uh, more individuals to the benefits of programmatic out of home um, and how that ties into their other other strategies that they're working on. Um, so I think that's probably the sort of major one, uh, really, that, that, that we see. Uh, and that's always going to grow as well. Um, so at, at the moment, you know, the cross-channel adoption is typically spoken about being out of home and display. Uh, and perhaps that display is more often than not mobile orientated. So it's reaching users as they're out and about seeing the out-of-home ads, which is an amazing step in, in the right direction. Um, and I think that will continue to go on as well with bringing in other channels. So, you know, adding in audio uh, to that as well um, and looking at sort of the more social side of things and, and TV as well. So 
Um, and CTV especially. So uh, yeah, I think that's been one of the biggest changes um, that's opened so many doors in the last couple of years. Um, and I think we'll continue to do so. Um, I think one of the other, another sort of big benefit and positive change we've seen is the adoption of data and um, specifically sort of audience data, audience focused data. Um, and that coming, coming from me, we, I mean, we notoriously don't really use audience data. We're all about being cookie free. Uh, and especially for display stuff, it's very contextual focused. Um, but the ability to add in that uh, very sort of privacy safe data uh, into the out of home space uh, has been a, a game changer. Uh, obviously, we're working, we're still working with that one to many uh, medium, and we're not pinning down individuals and showing them ads over and over again. Um, so we're, we're not sort of taking that a historic approach, um, but it does mean that you're able to add that extra layer uh, to your activity uh, just to make sure that, you know, you are delivering the right creative to the right audience in the right place and um, at the right time. Uh, so that's been another another great um, positive change. And I think, again, that will continue. I think we'll see more partners um, coming up with more solutions and other sort of data sources as well for that. As I mean, I touched on sort of audiences being one of the one of the big ones, but uh, loads of other data sources for for being able to include more information within creatives. So we're sort of looking at the HTML creator side of things and being able to bring in live data feeds and whether that's sports scores or um, flight data or bus timetables, for example. Um, all of that data uh, coming into into Battle of Home is a is a, a massive uh, step in the right direction. Um, and then I think I think probably, and I'm going to go back to it again. It's just that the agency mix um, and the knowledge being shared and expertise being grown uh, within agencies and brands alike, uh, just on what the benefits of programmatic out of home actually are. Um, you know, we we sort of see it sometimes where people come to us and actually the campaign they want to run is probably better aligned to a more traditional buy. Um, and then we get it other times where it's super, super broad and we're like, hey, but you can add on all these different things which will actually improve your campaign overall. And it's really easy to do because it's programmatic. Agreed. Um, it is definitely not programmatic is always the answer what we've been trying to teach people all along is there's a there's a time and space for the traditional world it may be in conjunction with some programmatic activity but programmatic isn't always the answer um and educating people on that was very important in the beginning and i think critically actually where we started to see the demise even more so of the third party cookie um, in the in the more recent years, it's actually brought out of home to the forefront of people's conversations and especially programmatic digital out of home where you can overlay privacy safe data um, and really, really bolster your campaigns with additional contextual relevance um, and put that creative in the moment um, for the consumer has been a real game changer for us. So completely agree with your points there. Um, all right. So next up, Programmatic digital out of home offers more targeting opportunities compared to our traditional buying models. Do you think brands are fully capitalizing on these or are there still missed opportunities? We're still experiencing both sides of that. So we are still having people come to us with the 
super super granular they only want to run on one panel for a very short amount of time um kind of request which is perhaps better tied to a traditional buy and and they want to take over that whole that whole frame Uh, and then we get the other side where we can have sort of big nationwide campaigns with big budgets and a really basic static creative um and they're happy with that and you know we're we'll, we'll absolutely do that we can definitely run that but I think there's that then that conversation of we can push that a bit further. Um, we can uh, look at different creative variations, for example, and, di- and deliver those at different times of day uh, to slightly different audiences. Um, and they still have a broad uh, sort of targeted approach in the grand scheme of things, but just break that down a little bit further just to push that relevance uh, up a notch. Um, and I think the sort of key to to sort of pushing it on uh, even more is getting involved at the creative conversation stage and um, there's so I think there's a lot of opportunity out there to use creative alongside data alongside targeting strategies and using all kinds of different feeds uh, and technology that's available to us to make smarter creative um, and I think that's the, the sort of main piece that that's missing um, that we're seeing from from brands currently. Um, we, there are things happening, um, and you do see from time to time really outstanding uh, creative strategies alongside the delivery strategy. Uh, but I think there's much more scope for that to happen more often, um, which I think is where we probably see the the missing the missing job, uh, jigsaw piece. Interesting. So I guess as an industry then, collaboratively speaking, how can we help the brands maximize this effectiveness of programmatic digital out of home? How can we help them understand that creative in this huge platform, effectively, these are massive screens in the public domain. How can we help them understand that a great creative can make your programmatic digital out of home really pop? Uh, that's a very good question. I mean, I think for, for me, um, it, it's all about this proactive approach. Um, I think the conversations need to happen sooner. Um, I think perhaps there may be sort of initiatives that can be that can be run or explored where we look at um, piecing together full campaigns uh, from the creative idea initially uh, and obviously we're we're, we're dsps so we we come to it right at the end and um, we sometimes we can have a, a, a say and we get a bit of influence over creative but a lot of the time we're just handed with whatever's been uh, already produced which is is it, fine but often we can look at that and go oh we could have done you know this that and the other um so i think perhaps it, it it could be that it is a space for people like us and other other dsps and the folks at the end of the story to put proactive bits and pieces together and, and approach uh, approach brands early on and say, hey, have you thought about doing things like this? And this is how it can be delivered. Um, I, I'm not sure if you know, it may come down to sort of a lack of uh, experience or a lack of visibility on what the process looks like further down, further down chain. Um, but I, I don't want it to come down to... Um, to people not being aware of what the possibilities are when you're tying creative to delivery capabilities, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, completely. 
And I think, I guess, then our job as the media owner who own the frames and really want people to make the most of them is actually to start that education process when we're having the conversation with the agencies and the brands as well, saying, I know this is a relatively new conversation for you. Programmatic digital out of home hasn't always existed, but we're we're now talking to a programmatic team instead of maybe an out of home team. And there are there are a lot of learnings for this space. And your creatives that work perfectly well on mobile with great click-through rates, for example, aren't going to be effective in the out of home space because people aren't clicking. So think about it from a visual impact sense instead of how am I going to get my consumer to click on this ad? So I, th- I think it's for everyone across the industry to get involved and start help helping with that narrative of using your creative can be so impactful with out of home, especially because of where the medium sits within the public domain. Um, it, it falls on all of us to be a bit of a helping hand and get the brands fully utilizing um, it effectively. Okay. So Carrying on with creative, I'm super intrigued with this one because I have one of my own contenders, but can you share some examples of the best creative executions you've seen and why these ones in particular are the ones that stand out to you? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I've, I've got a couple um, a couple in mind that we've run uh, and I think a big one for, for us was the uh, a campaign we ran for the Women's Euros uh, last year. Uh, and for us, it was the first activity, and I think it may have been the first, one of the first in the industry to use true panel-based uh, DCO. Um, so the story of that that campaign and that creative was that each player had each lioness had their own creative execution, uh, and we wanted to deliver each of those executions in the player's hometown. Um, so rather than having 20 odd different creatives that needed to go through moderation and approval and run separately and have different budgets associated and all the other uh, setup uh, issues that go with having that number of creative files, we just had one single creative file containing all of the different variations, all of the different players, creatives, uh, and we were able to deliver that just as a single a single unit. Uh, and at point of point of bid, we were able to determine which creator to show based on the panel ID um, that had won that uh, that impression. So um, that for us was a, a, a real great example of of how a, effectively a very simple campaign and very simple targeting and actually very simple creative can just be uh, pushed that a little bit further to make that programmatic story simpler, easier. Um, and just just a much more straightforward execution um, ultimately, uh, and it was a great step forward for us. You know, as a, a first first case example, uh, and something that we can now do uh, all the time, um, and we and we do, which is is, is great to see. Um, another one that I have uh, is one that we worked on in uh, Italy. Uh, so stepping out of the UK for for a moment here. Um, and it was working with Martini to direct users to bars or direct the consumer to bars that had a specific cocktail using one of their uh, one of their beverages. Um, and what we did for that activity, again, this was a couple of years ago now. So we included a map within the in the creative and it was actually the, the biggest focal point of the creative. So it looked very much like an information piece rather than an ad. 
Um, and it was a case of we showed that map on various panels around uh, Turin. Uh, and it was, you know, a, you are here, go here to get this drink uh, kind of uh, kind of story that we that we told. Um, and it and it was it, it was great. I mean, it, it worked as a, a sort of voucher giving uh, solution as well. So the consumers would turn up at these particular bars or restaurants and they'd say a, a code and get given uh, a free drink or a, a percentage of a bill or um, whatever it was at the time. I think it varied per, per location. Uh, but then meant that it could be tracked as well. So how many people had seen that ad and then followed through uh, and and gone there, um, which was, again, great to see. And I think actually sort of moving forward, we have now have more technology to be able to automate that sort of creative even more. So when we did it initially, it was a great idea, slightly manual execution. execution. Um, but I think, yeah, moving forward, we're now in a position where we can automate that significantly um and make that so much so much easier so that was a, another great one that, that that we saw you didn't mention the one that I had in mind um I don't think mine was a super tech savvy data heavy kind of campaign but mine was the glow in the dark Bacardi bottle ad that we did a couple of years ago and I just think given the placements and using the time of day to their advantage when it was only serving when it was dark that creative looked so great on our screens at night time um and the bottles themselves just look awesome so that was always one of my top contenders for creative excellence because i think it makes your product sing but you're also using the frames their locations and the timing of the ads to your advantage as well uh, so that was that was my top contender do you know what that did? That one did cross my mind when I was thinking about it. Um, and yeah, I think the the other element that we had in there was we also had a, a countdown uh, in that too. So we had yeah, diff- slightly different messaging on different locations, um, plus a countdown. Uh, for, it was working with a, a delivery company as well, I believe. So it was a countdown for, for sort of last orders. Um, but yes, that was a that was a that was a strong contender uh, for me too. Okie dokie. Right. So. Still talking on this creative piece, um, what sort of benchmarks for performance uplift can you expect when your creative is on point? Do you think, is there a number you can put to this or something you can tell a brand that goes, wow, I never thought of it that way. Um, now I'm, I really want to get involved. Yeah. It, do you know what? It's, it's a, isn't that's another interesting uh, topic for me i think we the way that we sort of approach it uh, and what we see is we get a lot of different brands um, and partners wanting to measure the effectiveness of their out of home activity in lots of different ways and um, so i think for us that's kind of put a a, a bit of a stopper on sort of benchmarking uh, against a single uh, a single component uh, so, for example, running cross channel, one of the big things we see is how the out of home can influence the display uh, delivery uplift um, or the, sorry, the display click through uplift, uh, which we do see continuously um, when we run cross channel activity. We typically see CTRs on the display side uh, being two to three times higher than if there's no out of home running. Um, so that's a real clear um a real clear uplift and sort of benchmark that we can apply to, to cross channel specifically. Um, when we're just running out of home and we take that display piece away, um, 
again it, it varies quite a lot we we often have uh brands who include qr codes in the creative and they use that as their uh, as their measurement uh, of success uh, sometimes it's that there will be some kind of discount code and they will use that as their measurement of, of success um and sometimes it just comes down to sort of overall ticket sales and it's very broad um and then I think again we we, we also have store uh, footfall uplift uh, that we can measure as well. So it varies a lot how brands are measuring success, um, and that's to some degree prevented us from from sort of benchmarking uh, benchmarking things correctly or accurately. Um, but I would say if you're we, we sort of see store uh, footfall uplift when the creative is on point and it's quite a clear direct message to users to, you know, go to that particular store because it's the nearest one or to quit going there and grab a uh, grab this product. It's on a on offer and it's a great bargain. It's a steal. Um, we will typically see sort of footfall uplift around about the sort of 20 to 30 percent mark um, in individual stores. So. I think that's another sort of telling uh, story there. Um, but I think, yeah, ultimately, if you're if you're sort of going into it and you're wanting to see uh, a, a particular style of uplift, it's make sure you're clear about what that is that you're looking for, what your measurement of success is on that out-of-home activity, uh, and then really make sure that the creative you're putting together is going to align to that, um, that success. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's sort of probably where we where we sit on it at, at the moment. Um, it's just very, very varied from from what we see. Amazing. Um, I think the the first one you mentioned there about basically using out of home to prime your private screen media is is an important one, as it's something that we we've been focusing heavily on in the last couple of years at JC Deco is, is educating people that you have these amazing screens out in the public domain and they definitely have an impact of what people think, feel, do as a result when they see an ad on a, on a smaller screen later on in the day or a week later, for example. There is certainly a priming effect that happens because you you can trust what you see on our screens at the end of the day. So I'm really glad you mentioned that. And the the CTR uplift of two to three times is actually what you said. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite significant. The education piece never stops, I think, from our, either of our sides, to be honest. We're always bringing out new capabilities, data sets. There's always something new to be talking about in the industry. So I think it's really important wherever possible for brands or agencies, just always reach out, have that conversation because you just never know. And most of your campaigns, we can we can dive right in, see whether programmatic is a good fit or not and uh, take it from there, really. Well, that concludes our episode for today. Thank you so much for joining us, Hannah. We really, really appreciate you sharing your insights and advice. Um, and thank you to everyone for listening to this episode of Life in Programmatic Digital Out of Home. Life in Programmatic Digital Out of Home, brought to you by JC Deco.